Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Lorna Gladstone. My guest today on Books on Air is Bruce Jarvis, J-A-R-V as in Victor I-S, and the name of his book is Codename, Archangel, The Demise of the Devil. There you go. Uh, quite a wonderful, wonderful opening, I must say. And it, this is a very interesting novel for many reasons, one of which is that it's based on a true story, and it's the true story of a spy and of someone who never in a million years thought he was going to become a spy. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about the real person this is based on, whose name is, I believe, Carlton? What is his full name? Carlton Fuller. Carlton Fuller. And he worked with your dad. Yes. He worked with my dad and my uncle in my uncle's store. And when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I met the man personally. Just an ordinary guy. Being a lawyer and a day-to-day job, it was after World War II, about 1945, about 1946 or 47, when he was home. And uh, he had come back to his job that he was doing before he was recruited by a gentleman by the name of William Donovan. And who was he? William Donovan was the forerunner of the manager of the CIA for the government. Roosevelt appointed him to gather all the information about Germany and what was going on in the world from all the different agencies in the government because at that time, each one gathered its own information and shared it with the president. Well, Roosevelt wasn't happy with that. He appointed Donovan, who was a personal friend of one of Roosevelt's friends. And why did Donovan contact Carlton? Well, he he contacted Carlton because of Carlton's background. Carlton and his mother emigrated from Germany when Carlton was very young. And he had a German background, was brought up in Germany, and the English let Donovan know they had vetted this guy and let Donovan know that he was a potential opportunity to take advantage of it. Solely because he was a native German, Spoke German fluently, I assume. Yes, he did. Uh, with no no accent or anything like that. And was it also because in the vetting, he was found to be very smart, very reliable? Or were there other qualities that they looked at and liked? Well, when, they, when the British vetted him, they knew he was a lawyer. And of course, lawyers have different qualities and are trained differently than most people. So they felt he might be a good contact. And of course, Donovan was very interested in starting to fulfill the beginning of the CIA. And uh, it wasn't called the CIA at that time, but he was interested in starting to fill jobs, even though the United States was not at war and was 
a uh, country which was didn't want to be involved. So uh, let's jump a little bit ahead. Okay. Donovan goes to him and tells him what? Well, he calls him and tells him he would like to talk to him. Of course, Carlton hangs up the phone and thinks Donovan is a jerk. The first time it rings, he's, he's painting the inside of his porch and he's on a ladder and he has to get down and his wife asks him to answer the phone. Well, he was not happy. And uh, he called Jonathan his jerk and hung up the phone. But when they started talking, what did Donovan propose to him? Well, Donovan, first of all, called back and tells him, look, if you don't talk to me, I'm a very persistent guy. I'll keep calling you. Well, the lawyer instinct in Carlton got him to say, well, what do you want to talk about? Well, that's when Donovan tells him, I'm interested in you beginning part of my organization because of your background. Did Donovan tell him that he wanted him to become a spy? No, he did not tell him that. Not, not initially. Okay, no. so let's, let's, let's move on to when uh, Carlton understood what he was being recruited for and that it was as a spy. Um, and why did he accept that? And then once accepted, what kind of training did he have uh, subsequently to be a spy? To make a long story short, Carlton did not know he was going to be a spy until after his training as a spy. Donovan didn't tell him what his mission was until after his training. He knew the training was for spies, but he didn't know what his mission was. The British had put together a spy school, but the first thing Donovan wanted Carleton to do was to become an officer in the United States Army. So he went to officer's training school in New Jersey, graduated from that, then went to Great Britain to learn to be a spy, which their, their training included all sorts of different issues. And then he went to the American spy school. That's incredible. That's how, how many years were, were there approximately in the total training? Well, almost a year. And while he was in Great Britain, he was vetted by the British, which was a very interesting story. But it's a separate story about he's being vetted by a woman. This is why one has to read the book. You have to, because it's so yes. rich. Yes. Absolutely. But it's a very interesting piece of the, of the story. So anyhow, he gets back from his training in Ontario, where the United States Spy School was. It was set up by the British. And he finds out at the airport with his friend, Major Best, who has been with Carleton from the beginning. Major Best was Donovan's driver, worked for Donovan, and kind of like you could say a mentor, so to speak. He became a good friend and he met Donovan at the airport when he came back from Ontario where the American spy school was. So he comes back, Major Best pulls him into this room and in comes a gentleman by the name of David Bruce who worked for Donovan. Bruce sits down with him and he says, the first thing 
our guy wants to know is, what's my mission? Bruce looks at him, he says, well, we're going to tell you now. What we want you to do is to go to Germany and replace your brother. And what does that mean? His brother had been left in Germany? His brother is in Germany. Never came to the U.S. with the mother? Never came with the mother, which is a separate part of the story. And about what ages are they, the two brothers? Are they about the same age? They're the same age. As it happens to be, they're twins. They're twins. That's what I was really getting at. They're twins. Incredible. Already, it's amazing. So, okay, so he's recruited in part because his brother, his twin brother, is already high up in the German army. His brother is a is a full colonel working for one of the German higher-ups by the name of Alfred Jodl. Let's get to the, the meat of this. How in the world does he replace his brother? And given that his brother has stayed in Germany and has worked his way up to a high position, how does his brother agree to this? Well, prior to going to school to become a spy, during the conversation with Donovan, initially in the book, Carlton gets a call via his mother, who is here in the United States, living here too. That's a phone call from him saying that your father has had a stroke. Now his father is in Germany. And uh, would you please go and he wants to talk to you. I heard from your brother, Horst, and he called and said, your father's ill, he's dying, he wants to talk to you before he passes on. Please come to Germany, you can stay at my house. Well, of course, Donovan tells his mother, who's in tears, that he'll try to get to Germany, but she has to understand there's a war in Europe and that getting the United States to let him go during the war would be very difficult. He'd have to find out how much it cost. He'd have to get a passport. He'd have to get approval from the government, but he would try. So he goes home and he tells his wife, well, he hadn't made a decision yet as to whether he would work for Donovan, but he talks to his wife about it. And she says, well, your good friend Donovan should be able to help you. Maybe he can do it for you get you over there to visit your father before he passes away. So this all works out and he makes a family trip to Germany to, uh, uh, to see his dying father, uh, meet with his brother, but he, not, he has not at this point been trained as a spy. No. So he, it's not as if he goes over and says to his brother, would you consider this? This no. is all just coincidental. This is all in the beginning okay. of the book, so, the first couple of chapters. So he comes back, trains as a spy, and how does the switch of brothers occur? And then we're going to have to move on to what his mission really is. <laughs> and I say again, buy this book. It is incredible. Um, go ahead. There's a little bit that we need to talk about before we go on to how it happens. The important thing is, is that he gets to go, he and his wife get to go to Germany. Donovan thinks it's a great idea. Of course, he has 
some ideas as to what he's going to do. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm going to send it. So he puts him on a diplomatic passport, sends him over as a diplomat, and he goes over and stays at his brother's house because the British just happened to be bombing Berlin and bombed the embassy. So he can't get and stay at the embassy with our charged affairs. So he goes and he visits and he meets the family. He meets Horst, who he hadn't seen in 20 years, and uh, meets his wife, Hildegard. They go to the hospital to visit the dad. The father tells him why he and his mother broke up and that he was sorry and he apologized for that. And his father finally dies while they're there. There is a big German funeral. They have a big march to celebrate his father because his father helped put together, he was one of the first Nazis to support Hitler. He put together the beginning of the youth corps of the Nazis. Okay. So So this is a highly embedded German family. Oh, very Um, much so. Okay, so he comes home. He comes home. Comes well, he meets all the family and all of the the workers that are working in the family, the servants, and one of which is a young German girl named Sarah, who the wife falls in love with. Hildegard is trying to adopt as a daughter. Hildegard and Horst have no children. But anyhow, the family falls in love with Sarah and uh, the other servants who are all Jewish, as it turns out. They're living in a Jewish house, which the Germans absconded with. And uh, they go and visit. The wife takes Hildegard on a visit of Berlin and takes him to some terrible places where the Jews are killed and the Jews are put on the train to go to concentration camps. But anyhow, they go to the funeral and they come home. Of course, Donovan gives each one of them a mission they have to come back and he has to get that information from he and the wife, which they agreed to do since he did, he paid all the bills and they come home. Well, still not asked to be a spy, but Donovan starts to put the pressure on. Well, a year after Donovan's first phone call, something happens in Germany that causes our boy to make his mind up. They get a phone call from Major Best who comes to visit them and he says, Hildegard went to the embassy dressed as a washerwoman. This is his brother's wife? This is his brother's wife, yes. Well, she went to the embassy, visited the embassy undercover. She had to because Horace had come home one night with his German buddies, he was drunk, He raped her in front of his German buddies, went back and took the back, took the German buddies back to Sarah's room. They raped, all of them raped Sarah and they shot her dead. This was the story that came back. Well, that night, our boy made his decision. I will go, I will volunteer. Although they didn't want to, I'm going to volunteer. Okay, so yes. let us let us jump some. Yes. Um, the so again, I ask 
how did he make this switch with his brother? I assume that they were identical twins and that were about the same weight and had grown and matured in similar physical ways. Was a perfect match. Perfect match. Was wow. a perfect match. How did the switch occur? You should buy the book to find out. Code name: Archangel, the demise of the devil. That's right. Please continue. After his training, they were in touch with the French underground. Once he flew into Germany with Major Best. Major Best was assigned to be with him all the way. He flew into Germany, parachuted in to Vichy, France, which was the southern part of France that the Vichys were managing. And the reason they went there is because the Vichys were not very attentive at night. So it was very quiet, it was snowing outside. And they finally met the underground. The plan was the underground would kill him. Would brother. kill the brother? Would kill the brother. Underground would kill the driver and kill Horst. And at that point in time, our guy would go into the car that Horst was driving in. They dumped it into the woods, put him in the back seat, hit him on the back of the head and gave him a drug. Then they let the Vichy know that somebody attacked this German colonel. So the Vichy came with an ambulance, et cetera, et cetera. And they found Carlton, now horsed in the back seat of the car, knocked out completely. They thought he was dead at first because there were bullets in the car and then three bullets in the driver, but he stirred. They said, he's alive. Hence comes the ambulance. They put him in the ambulance. He has some papers that kind of flew around outside the car and they read the papers and said, this is a German colonel. Well, he wakes up in the ambulance and the first question he is, is where am I? Who am I? What's my name? Now, was that real? Was that um, uh, memory distortion, something he pretended or was it real? No, it Did was he, real. It was real. He didn't because know. Because of the drug that they gave him. Okay. They gave him scopolamine which is a drug you lose your memory, eventually comes back over time. And that's what they gave him. Of course, he didn't want anything. He thought he could act it out, but they figured they better give it to him. So the Frenchman, the underground gave it to him. So he was eventually reinstated into his brother's life, exactly. including right. his military life. Now yes. we're kind of getting close to the end of time. Um, for today, but take us a little bit, jump a little bit into the future and tell us what the mission really was. What was the intent of this complex, incredible substitution of a spy for his twin brother? Well, he literally took over his brother's life, his married life, and his life as a staff member for Alfred Yodel. And uh, Yodel ran the portion of the German army that coordinated the efforts of all the different services, the submarine service, the army, the air force, etc. So he was aware of what was going on with Germany and what they were doing and where they were going. And his mission was to get that information back to the allies that were fighting Germany. And that's what he did. 
And that's what he did. And how long was he there in that capacity? He was an embedded spy for four years. Wow. During the time that he's, he was a spy, while he was working in the job, the German intelligence agencies were investigating in his agency because they felt that there was a spy in there. And of course, he was very close to Yodel. Yodel put him in charge of the Germans who were doing the investigation. That's how close he was. Incredible, incredible. And so he knew what was going on all the time. He caught the spies in his house that was bombed out, going through the house looking for whatever they could find, and he shot them. Then he told Yodel, and Yodel jumped all over their bosses and said, look, this is my guy. I had to kill your two guys, which didn't make him very happy. But that's how close he came. Bruce, it is an amazing story. And that's without most of the details. It's just amazing. It's something out, something literally out of fiction. Uh, I think I mentioned to you that it made me think uh, of Smiley's People, the famous novel about British spies with a an embedded. They uh, Smiley discovered that there was an embedded Russian, I believe, spy in uh, in the uh, the CIA equivalent. In, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I want you to tell us first of all how we can purchase the book. The book is available through bookstores as well as Amazon, Barnes and Noble online. And uh, it's available now. Okay. And the name again is Codename, Archangel, The Demise of the Devil. And we haven't even heard about the demise of the devil part, but it is truly an unbelievable story of what actually happened and the coincidences of how it happened are extraordinary. You would never, never believe it if you went to a movie and saw this as a movie, as a fictional movie. You would say, oh, well, that's, you know, that couldn't happen. But it well, did happen, right? Yes, it, uh, it, it did happen. He never got credit for it. Never was a hero. And he went on with his family. While he was spying, his wife was pregnant. After he left, she had the daughter, and uh, he came home to a four-year-old. Oh, my. Oh he my. was embedded for four years. Extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. What you have to remember, this is historical fiction, because the names are changed, and some of the places and things are changed. But the story, basically, is... Is real. Uh, happened. The yeah. Taking the role was his. Well... It has been a pleasure, pleasure speaking to you, Bruce. And I think the only thing that I didn't enjoy is the fact that we have to wind it up. <laughs> so we've been speaking, yes. So we've been speaking to Bruce Jarvis, J-A-R, V is in victory, uh, S. And again, he's the author of Codename, Archangel, The Demise of the Devil. And you can find it easily in any bookstore or online or request at your local bookstore that they order it. I think that many people are going to find themselves delighted to be able to read this book and not able to put it down. So our thanks uh, and we'll say goodbye. Thank you, dear. I okay. appreciate that.